Hi, folks. Welcome to the Buckmasters Outdoor Podcast. I got my good friends right here, Cody Kelly, Chris Ashley, and Keith Burgess, Small Town Hunting. Guys, welcome to our podcast. Good to be here. Good to be here. Good All right, we're going to have some fun today because we get a chance to talk about deer management, uh, a program that all of us are involved in, you know, uh, as hunters. We're going to talk about, you know, y'all's new testing grounds, a lot of strategy and stuff. So if you're a deer hunter out there, you know, hopefully you'll pick up a few tips today. But Cody, let's talk about the uh, Backwoods Testing Grounds. That's a new piece of property I've been working on the last couple of years. Yep, and you're actually going to have a chance to come yeah, up there and hunt this year with Absolutely. Us. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I've hunted Mississippi uh, a few times, but I've never shot a deer there. But I've seen the deer that y'all have taken. It's like, wow, for <laughs> southern deer? Yeah. Jeez, yes. that's, a, that's a little bit of the effect I would say all three of us had the first year of the testing grounds. Wow. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's not our typical experience in Mississippi. Yeah. But it's a piece of property right there outside of Yazoo City, which is not far from Backwoods Attraction Office. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's an opportunity for all of us to get out and test all the products. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gives you an opportunity to check different blends. It gives you it, it gives us a chance to bring blends to the market after they're proven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the thing with food plot blends. Is, and and you have a lot of people, you know, they'll they'll get into. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to plant a blend, or I don't want to do this because you know I'll just go buy this straight seed and this straight mm-hmm. seed, which you can do that. Right. But there's a lot of people that don't understand what seeds can go together, what blends yeah. will be effective. Um. And so, at at Backwoods, we really really dive into creating food plot blends, quality blends, not stuff just seed in a bag mm-hmm. quality blends that will perform in a lot of different soil situations so different phs and all that mm-hmm. it's not if you know your ph and you 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 know dive all into that mm-hmm. then you'll have you'll you'll know what seeds will grow okay. but not everybody does that not yeah. everybody can go tell you hey my gator plot has this ph i need to do this this and mm-hmm. this so that's where the blends come in but yeah so testing grounds you're you're in for a treat there. Um, oh, good. Joseph, the owner of Backwoods Attraction, for some reason he hired or or allows me, Chris, and Keith, uh, the three rednecks, to kind of head it up <laughs> and, and 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 make it what it is. So, well, you know, whether you're in the northeast, southeast, that's what I'm saying. You're paying attention to what soils you have yeah. to know what to plant. That's right. And that's where people, I think, they just run out and plant and go, "Golly, nothing came up." Well, you got to pay attention. Yep. Uh, or they say that uh, you know the deer eat this early season they didn't fool with it during late season well that's when the blends come in mm-hmm. a blend will cover you from the beginning of october all the way through the end of january right and you got different things in the blends that the deer want different times of the year mm-hmm. and that's just that that's one of the biggest things that i've noticed out there they'll go out there and pick certain plants out of the blend and eat it early season and then the next time you go it they'll be on something different but it's it's interesting to see and watch that happen like a cafeteria in its own way exactly it is all you can eat buffet (laughs) well you know one thing i learned and chris you can chime in on this i never did a soil test and you know a lot of people don't do a soil test but unless you learn what's in that soil that you don't have exactly you just you're wasting a lot of money you know and and where where i grew up honey uh you know unlike the well testing grounds is on the river but mm-hmm. it's not the the big river, the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of off of a tributary from it, the Yazoo, which is still fertile ground. But like where I grew up, honey, along the Mississippi River, we didn't do any soil testing because that ground is so fertile, mm-hmm. it would grow anything. Right. But as you got up in the hills and stuff of Mississippi, 
stuff was harder to grow, so you really had to, you know, test for lime, you know, mm-hmm. and, and check, you know, check your soils to get to get it to grow right, and and make sure you, you know, put the proper amount of fertilizer on it. But mm-hmm. like I say, on the Mississippi River, I grew up, you know, when I was guiding it at Terra, mm-hmm. you know, every September we just come in there and dist in food plots, we spread some oats and wheat wheat out, and that stuff would just shoot up. I right. mean, the ground is so fertile, but. Yeah. A lot of places a lot, not not a lot like more that. sandy dirt there than mm-hmm. what's at the testing grounds yeah. also. The testing grounds has a little sandy dirt, but it's a lot of heavy black dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, people spend thousands of dollars deer hunting equipment, yes. this and that, but the whole key is if you don't have the right stuff in the soil and planting your blends like you exactly. talked about, your success rate won't be as good. No. Exactly. And, and I'll tell you that that grass or whatever you brassicas or whatever you mm-hmm. may be planting, it may be maybe tall. But if you don't have that soil right or that fertilizer right, it don't taste good to them either. Exactly. So, you it's know, not it, palatable. You know, you, well, I got mine grew good. Well, yeah. there's still something wrong with it. They're not yeah. eating it like they yeah. should. So, yeah. you know. Well, do your homework. That's what I tell everybody. So let's talk a little about food plot strategy. Well, I mean, where are y'all coming from on that? So I'll say the first, so testing grounds, backwoods test, testing grounds, we've had that. This is this will be the third season. Yep. So the first year we we started hunting a piece of property, we got it late. Mm-hmm. So it came into a real fast take the, take existing blends that we have and and get all the food plots up and start putting some protein and, and some minerals out. And it really, we didn't get a full effect of it until after hunting season. So mm-hmm. then we kind of had a season under our belt, and I feel like year two is when this, this oh, yeah. past spring yes. and summer, we really started diving into food plot strategy because – it was the piece of ground that we had. So this food plot, if it's four acres, then it's four acres. That's what we planted the first year. Mm-hmm. And then this past spring and summer, myself, Chris, and Keith really dove into figuring out, okay, this food plot had a lot of big deer around it. Everything was nighttime. So what can we do to increase daylight activity? Are they bedding too far, or is it mm-hmm. just the food plot's too big? Or if we had a food plot too close to that one, they may be Exactly. You know, they might have been using out. the other food yep. plot while we were sitting on this one. So we really took the information from the year one and started, I would say, our food plot strategy. And we took, you know, we have a blend that uh, we call Shield, which is basically a wall of grasses that's designed to grow at three different levels. So you got... You know, one seed that grows really thick from three to four feet, another one that grows from three to seven feet, and then we got a seed that grows from seven to 11 feet. So it creates a wall, and what you can use shield for, we used it a lot for concealment. So one thing that we figured out is as the season went on, we were running into problems. You go hunt a food plot, and it's great, 20 deer come out. The problem is when you get out of the stand, all 20 deer leave running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you so, do, and you know well as we do, if you yeah. do that two or three times, you, they, you've you, ruined that food. You've well, they just wait till after dark and come in yeah. there. And, you know, right. Yeah. Yep, so we, we really started focusing on getting that shield blend mm-hmm. in front of box stands or putting shield in a couple different locations in the food plot that mm-hmm. you can move ground blinds to right. and get out of there without yeah. spooking deer. I've, a lot of people just don't understand the approach. And, That's and, it. I mean, it's just pressure. The less pressure and they know you're there. You always I mean, try to enter it with the wind in your face. Yep. Well, you know, Mr. And, and Jackie, it, it's, it's, it's also where you put that stand. It's not smart. Yeah. If 
if you got to walk through your whole food plot uh-huh. to have a box stand on the far other end, looking back the way you just walked in. Exactly. And you just see so many places like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Then, you know, you're not only, like like Cody said, when you get down, you're spooking them, but going in, all that scent walking and yeah. and, it, and not paying attention. Yeah, when you get in the stand, the wind is, is right. It's blowing yeah. in your face, but walking in, it's blowing at your back the whole way in. So you're killed. And it could be blowing right yeah. into some bed in there. You killed just. And people don't get that. They yeah. just go, well, I didn't see nothing. And I, as the season go, I, I kept seeing less and less. Well, that was you. You yeah. just didn't know it was you. The deer yeah. were patterning you way better than exactly. you were patterning you know, them. You know, years ago when we were at Primo's and we did all the seminars and had guys come up to us and said, man, I got, I got a question. I got, you know, 100 acres in Iowa. You know, and a lot of that is square blocks, you mm-hmm. know. And I got two or three boners on it. And I got them on camera every time. And I, But he's like, they, they don't ever show up in the daylight or, or daylight or when I get, you know, walking there to check my camera, they're on there and then they don't show back up in a week. I'm like, when you when you check your camera, are you making sure the wind is mm-hmm. at your face when you're walking in, not mm-hmm. to the bedding area? Yeah. Just to check, well, I don't think about it. I wasn't hunting. Yeah. Well, you just blew your woods exactly. out before you even hunted. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got to just pay, just pay attention to every yeah. little yeah. detail. There, there is a way. You hear low pressure, low pressure, low pressure. There is a way to hunt a hunt a piece of property and keep low pressure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If they don't know you're there, yeah. it's like you didn't hunt. If you can get into a stand with yeah. the wind right and yeah. not spook anything and get out without spooking them, it you could consider that as nobody hunted it that day. Yeah. But right. a lot of people lose you know lose focus. But just on a that. small thing about going in and checking your camera. Yeah, you you have blew your woods out before you ever yeah. hunted it. And even though they do it at noon, well, I went in at noontime. It doesn't have anything to do with it. You know what that deer's doing at noontime most of the time? He's bedded up in his bedding area that the wind's blowing straight into it. Exactly. Oh, he's coming to check his camera. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, the smartest game animal in the world. But, you know, I mean, I was using netting around box blinds so I could, and I'd bring that netting out left to right side so when I could line up and I could walk straight to that box blind, get up and come straight out, and they didn't know I was there. Mm -hmm. And when I was laying out my food plots, I wanted to lay them out with different wind directions. So, you know, I didn't have pressure, yeah. just like you were talking about. But when I snuck into it, I was on the edge. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was leaving to go out on the edge. Yeah. I wasn't walking all the way across a plot nope. and doing that. And people, if you'll lay your property out, that's it. That's it's that's your strategy. That's just right. take the property you got and try to have as many, whether it's two or three, but at least have, you know, your box blinds and your tree stands and all that in positions with the right wind. That's right. Yep. And if you you know, if you go in there and go, well, and especially a weekend hunter. They don't have, you know, like well, us, we're hunting every day. So we can go look at the map. Well, we've got a northeast. We can only hunt that. Yeah. Now you got a weekend hunter. You best have you multiple places That's to it. go with wind directions and approach a stand. Yep. Yep. So talk about the shape of fields and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you're talking about putting the shield in, but, you know, with your blends. But you do have, there's a lot of strategy in the shape of a field. Especially for bow hunting. Yep. I yeah. think That's when the shape of your food plot really comes we, into play. We do, we do a whole lot of, and we got several like that at the testing grounds where we take a field and whether we use shield or just don't plant anything, let it grow up in certain areas and only plant, say, an hourglass shape. Mm-hmm. And then we'll put a stand in the middle of the hourglass. And then you can hunt it either side for the wind. You know, that way that deer is going to neck down and come mm-hmm. walking by you. And a lot of guys got really big fields trying to bow hunt them. And, oh, he was, you know, 75 yards. Well, I mean, it's going to be hard to neck them down. So you can manipulate the way you plant it or plant sorghum or some kind of corn or anything for cover and then plant your, your green in the middle, you know, make mm-hmm. an hourglass shape, and they'll walk right in front of it. So that's kind of the way the testing grounds is, too. I mean, it's And there's a lot of ways, speaking on bow hunting, trying to get them in bow range, one thing people, a lot of times, and, I, and we're bad about overlooking it, too, you go in, you got to, say you got a three-acre food plot. Well, you only got one 
spot that you think you can hang a bow stand that you can get in and out of, you know, easy. Think about the blends that you plant close to that stand. If you know you're going to bow hunt it, you know, October, November, and then you may gun hunt it late, mm-hmm. well, you can still gun hunt that, but then a blend that you chose that's better for late season, that may be what you plant further, further away, away, you know? Yeah. But you may plant the early season blends closer to that bow stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing I know all three of us, we, we lose focus of a lot of times. You go in and plant the blend in the same, the whole blend across the whole field, yeah. and then... You could have helped yourself a lot by planting a couple of even if it's in one acre. You know, right. if, if you've got a 40-yard a circle out there that you really focus on what the deer like for early season, then plant the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And and another thing I like about mixing blends in the same food plot is if you don't know your soil test and you haven't had a soil test done, then it also increases your odds you didn't put all your eggs in one basket. Something's going to work. And, yeah. you know, like Cody's talking about – close to that particular stand, especially bow hunting, you know, fertilize it a little heavy right there close. Mm-hmm. Sweeten that thing up, you know, where it yeah. tastes good, and they'll mm-hmm. find their way over there a little better. You know, little things like that work, work yep. good. But we use this year at Testing Grounds, we use shield a lot mm-hmm. on shaping um, food plots down. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have a planter to go plant corn. That would be ideal, you know. Right, yeah. um, you, you could go in there and plant your corn and, and neck them down towards your bow stands, but we we use shield that's what we had access to and we had we could go plant it and one and good thing about the shield is when it comes up and it once it reaches say three or four feet tall mm-hmm. it the way that blend is the stems are so thick on that stuff and it comes up in such a thick pattern the deer won't walk through it yep. they're gonna walk around it. Mm-hmm. so right. you actually manipulating the deer travel right using the shield yeah we, we did that a lot this year that yeah. worked really good we one of the it was one of the oldest deer on the property, and uh, it, it was a great hunt. It was actually a backwoods attraction dealer came in, and it was on a food plot that was very poor results the year before. Mm-hmm. field was three acres, and it was really tough to get into, and we went in and designed the entire food plot around shield, and we basically made it a boomerang shape and then shielded in front of the stand where you could slip right in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the oldest deer on the property, that was the first one we shot this year, and uh, he shot him with a crossbow. Really? Came out 25 yards, broad daylight, 4.30 in the afternoon, mm-hmm. he smoked. Man, yeah, you so. can take that stuff like Cody said and put it behind that box stand, and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and take your weed eater and yep. just trim your little trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, you slip right up there like yeah. wide, and, you know. Man. Yeah. I always say it's like still hunt to your stand and still hunt away right. from your stand. Yeah, exactly. Most it's people are making possible. noise and oh, this and yeah. that, but I mean, again, you're hunting, a, you know, they're sitting there listening or watching. Oh, yeah. And especially that mama doe. I yeah. mean, but she's the smartest one in the woods. And when she comes out, first thing she's looking to see if you in there and exactly. stuff. So, yep. And I mean, I just do not see her all day. So, but I guess, you know, the main thing is if a hunter's listening to this, is that you're basically setting up your property on the way you hunt. If you're just a bow hunter, you got a complete different strategy on your yes, food plots exactly. and your size of your well, food plots. It's a 30-yard game then. It's yeah. not a 200-yard game as it is with a rifle. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bow hunter, you might be wanting to make that acre, you know, mm-hmm. half acre, acre plots instead of making four and five acres exactly. compared to your gun hunts and stuff. And, and bow hunting, I know, you know, we hear it all the time, and, and, you know, you think about a bow hunt, oh, my property don't get pressure. I bow hunt. Hmm. Well, honestly, you, you're putting more pressure on the property bow hunting than you are gun hunting. Nope. Now, if you're back there just shooting nannies every day with a, with a gun, that's a different story. But yeah. if you're hunting a really nice deer and you're gun hunting, 
Yep. You're putting way less pressure on a priority because you can back way off the yes. deer. Yep. If you're a bow hunting, you got to get in there tight. Yep. And they, and they most of the time know you there and, and a you, lot more. And you pushing the, the limit with oh, a bow a lot more. Day. Because especially when the deer start getting more nocturnal, you're moving yep. closer and closer to that bedding. Yep. And it's just a matter of time. It's not It's not if you're going to bump them, it's when. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always say first chance, best chance. It is. First hit in the stand and, is 100% and, the best. What you said is perfect because I, I tell everybody, there's more pressure put on deer from bow hunters than anything. It's mm. just the way the game is. That's right. It is. And you just got to be so selective. And, you know, like I said, if you've got that deer on camera, it's time to go hunting. Your first chance is usually your best so, chance. And yeah. they're too smart. Talk a little bit about tree stand strategy because a lot of folks are listening, whether they're using ground blinds, box blinds, ladder stands, or whatever. Let's talk a little bit about tree stand strategy. And I'll say this. I know one thing we – and you got a lot of people in the south are, are – hesitant on calling which with our roots we all started it mm-hmm. primos yeah. and uh so calling is is obviously a big part of our game um and we've always called regardless i mean it doesn't matter the piece of property or where we're hunting or and, what state or yeah, what state yeah, exactly. and we do a lot of times when we get in there and we're setting up a food plot we always look for the tree that has something either around it, a treetop or something where we can have that calling option mm-hmm. in the rut. And, uh, you know, you got a big food plot, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards long. You can see the deer call to him and he, he can't look down there and immediately know that nothing's down there. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's whether it's a treetop or a bend in the food plot where or he's got to come around to it's look. It's the same way as, you know, in yeah. some hardwoods. If you find a trail, scrapes or whatever, you know this, okay, this is where I need to be. And you're in, you know, calling scenario, pre-rut, rut, whatever. I mean, you you need to put that stand in a spot where you got a briar thicket, a brush top, mm-hmm. or, you know, the heel drops off behind you. Something where he can't just look under there. Well, I don't see, you know, I don't see a yeah. goat. Or I don't see yeah. another buck over there. You know, if you can make him come look, yeah. you got a better chance of getting a yeah. you know, shot off on him. For sure. And I think the other strategies like you, you got into earlier in the podcast is having multiple stand locations when you can. You know, having having whether you got to tuck in a ground blind on a side of the food plot that maybe you don't feel like you're in the game, but you're better off to hunt there mm-hmm. than you are push into the tree stand that you think you'll get the shot. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you may have the wrong wind for that. Mm-hmm. It's always better to to play and, it safe and, and have multiple options. And don't be scared to move that stand. You know, you go in there and that big mama doe that that buck's gonna be following has busted you five times out of that lock. You better move. move it. Yeah. I mean, you might not have seen the buck you're after. Yeah. You know, but if the other deer know you're there, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, we move our stands a lot. Like when I was guiding, you know, years ago, that's where I learned how to bow hunt. We had something like 180 lock-ons, and we're moving stands every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we never left them in the same spot. You know, mm-hmm. we hunted maybe a couple of times. We might not move them 20, 30, maybe mm-hmm. 50 yards, you know, depending on what the deer are do, doing, but we would we'd move them. You know, we just don't want that deer to ever know you you know which tree and i tell you i moved stands before i've been sitting in a in a stand 40 yards away and old big doe come up and look up there like oh yeah yeah you know what you do then you shoot her <laughs> <laughs> you eliminate her out of the game. we used to put mannequins in a stand yeah. where you know make them look up they come down there and we shoot them in other things we say, y'all crazy man yeah. you gotta yeah. do but i know one thing we've been doing over the years is that you know y'all all from the south here and i, I took it out west if we had the spot and the sign was there and we didn't have a tree to put a tree stand in, we were putting 40-foot telephone poles in the ground. Right, for sure. And people thought I was crazy, but I, my best friend was work for, you know, Alabama Pop. Mm-hmm. 
So on the weekends, he'd be able to come over there and, mm-hmm. and get his truck, put yeah. that thing in. We put the quick mix in there, and we tie that thing down, put tree stand in. We shot more deer, or we put up a cedar tree that wasn't big enough in diameter to mm-hmm. put tree stand. So, but we got into a strategy of putting up poles. I, you know, yeah. I took it out west. They thought I was crazy, but <laughs> yeah. we, but, we did it in Texas, South Texas. You yeah. know, down there it's not any trees much to yeah. get in, mm-hmm. but they big enough you can get high enough and still stay in the bush in the, cru- the, in the cover. Yeah, I, they thought I was in a cedar tree because I basically put it next to the cedar tree. Oh, so man, all man. I did was cut out the limb. They had no clue. No clue. That's it. And That's we had awesome. we have shot more deer out of those power poles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of strategy to it. Anything else on you know thinking about? You know, for the listeners today, I'm 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 excited about you you coming up there and seeing because, like I said, it's yeah. been a it's been a project and and there's a lot of backwoods products that are that right. are being stemmed off of this piece of property, right? And yeah. and proven and testing and there's a lot of blends that uh, we've shifted the formula right. ever since yep. we've started really right. pushing them to the to the max. But um, I mean, I'm excited. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a it's a special place and it, it's some good deer hunting so the listeners today where can they go to get information and we covered a lot of ground here but if they need some help and they they need to know about blends and stuff like that where can they go and get some information they can go to www.backwoodsattraction.com and uh we've got plant charts on there it lists all mm-hmm. the blends and um also we've got a check out facebook for backwoods attraction and instagram and we've got some digital series with live updates of what's going on like right now i'm headed back tomorrow and it's time to plant some revival soybeans so right. tomorrow's full steam ahead yeah well the key is just being a student of the game you're spending a lot of money out there hunting the critters yep. but a lot of it has to do of when you plant how you plant and what you put in the ground yep. that's right when if you, you're going to spend the money on it spend yep. it on what and you know is going like to work like you just said jake hunt smarter not harder yep. i mean yep. that's the best yep. way to do it yep. and we're finding out the more or deeper that we dive into this how much we don't know it's oh, just for sure. A, that's the coolest yep. thing about the sport. Yep. You get your yep. rear end kicked uh, 99 out of 100, but that for sure. that one, one that time, one time right. that's what it's about. <laughs> you forget about all those days you're sitting out there, but God knows all the deer that's laughed at me over the years, but I, <laughs> it just became the win. If you had to pick out one thing, wind is number one. It always that's has it. been. And if you can just get that and lay your piece of property out, and, and whether you're bow hunter, y'all make that decision. But then do you study and get your soil test, and then you'll, then you'll have more fun with it, you'll have more success, yeah. and you'll just be a better student at the game. Absolutely. That's it. That's it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being on today's podcast. Guys, y'all listen. Y'all go to that website that Cody was mentioning. And again, y'all keep listening to us. We'll have some more great guests here on the Buckmasters Outdoors podcast. See you next time. Thank y'all.